Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Let's see if I got this on. Are we, are we cooking with gas? We are cooking with LP, y'all. We are ready to go. And I'm so thankful. Um, so I'm thankful that God gives gifts to people like that. And also, Miss Diane does have books that are here today. If you'd like to, you can buy them out in the foyer. She'll be glad to, to help you. And you can take those. And she's got others too. So I encourage you, check that out on your way out. Amen. Well, um, this morning, uh, so last week, we've been in this series of renewal, uh, summer of renewal. We do this every year, and, and uh, last week, we had an incredible young lady, Rebecca Mobley, who uh, is actually, I knew, I like to say, I knew Drew, Mark, Mark my son's friend, before he knew him a friend. Um, he actually came, started coming to you some, I connected with him, and had a great time walking through some teenage years. How many of you know you need some mentors in your life, especially in those teenage years? You need somebody to encourage you and help you and go through that. Well, I did that, and, um, and then Mark and him connected, and they actually went to UGA together. I know I couldn't get him to Florida, but that's the best I could do. And so, um, <laughs> so <laughs> they ended up going there together and doing great, and he met Rebecca, and when, uh, instantly, I, was, I, I got to go to the wedding and celebrate all that God had done through them. And it was so funny um, when she agreed that she was going to come and speak. I thought, how cool is this to see the fruit of your labor getting to come in and getting to be a part and making a difference. And I know many people were blessed. She uh, spoke on waiting. And in America, we know we don't like waiting. The only correction I would have is when she mentioned Amazon and she said she had to wait for two days. I said, what Amazon is she using? <laughs> I mean, my wife, I think we get it in one day, like next day, like you order and it shows up like, look at this. If you order in the next hour, you can have it tomorrow. And I thought, well, <laughs> but no, other than that, it was an incredible, great time. I encourage you, if you get a chance, you can go watch that and others that we've done as well through this summer. This morning, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes, this, <laughs> this book that... Um, talks about life. It gets real about life. And the author Solomon, uh, the, one of the wisest men, I say one of because Jesus is the wisest man that ever was on the planet. But so Solomon in, in chapter three, uh, he began to write about time. And uh, he, he put it in terms, he's actually surveying his life. Solomon wrote this at the latter part of his life. Um, he had done a lot. He had experienced a lot. He was a very wealthy king. Um, I remember years ago, I was studying, not wealth, but studying Solomon's life. And I found this, this uh, uh, comparison of Solomon's wealth today versus back then. And when I began to look at what he was bringing in back then, Solomon was making bank, y'all. When I tell you, he was rolling it in through all the endeavors that he had. He knew what he was doing and God bless him with him. It was about $14 million a day that Solomon was making back then, which would be about Amazon today. I don't know, but anyhow, he, was, he had it going back then. But Solomon began to survey his life. And yes, he wrote Proverbs. He also wrote the Song of Solomon, but he wrote Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes is more of a biography. He's actually surveying his life in the first two chapters. He's talking about how everything's just vanity of vanity. You work hard, you stay up. He goes through all the things that he's gone through. He's gone through wealth. He's gone through um, uh, 
influence and prestige. And then he gets to chapter three and he makes this statement. It's very familiar to many of you, but I just want to read the first 14 verses and then we will uh, get into our message this morning called Redeeming the Time. Redeeming the Time. So starting in verse one, Solomon says, and he's, this is a sermon, if you were, to the children of Israel, his, his congregation at the time. And he said, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. One translation says under the sun, I mean, uh, under the heavens. One translation says under the sun. Another one says um, on the earth. Um, I guess that's where I adopted the phrase, everything, I, 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 re, I relate things to under the, below the sun and above the sun. Solomon did that and he said, and he goes on and he starts listing all the things that there's an activity, there's a, there's a, there's a season for. And he says a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. That's right, y'all, in the church. Uh-huh, we ain't letting Satan still dance. We gotta have a good time. That's a part of it, celebration. Um, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. We saw that with COVID, help us, Jesus. Uh, a time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. Can all the men in the house say amen? I mean, there's my wife, this is her favorite. I think that's her favorite verse in the Bible, a time to, to, to keep. I'm the one that I like to keep. And she's hey, let's get rid of this. Um, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak. There's a, a, a real good wisdom there. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And he goes on to say, what do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is a gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it, nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. When we look at this and we start looking at this time, everybody here knows a lot about time because um, we've spent so much time uh, looking at time. I know in, uh, in, 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 King, in King Solomon's day, 
most of the things were measured in time by actually events that happened. They had sundials. Now today we measure time with wristwatches. We measure them with our phones. We measure them with calendars. We measure them with pictures. Anybody ever see a picture and you remember what time that was and you go back that day? Yesterday was my time to do that. We were clearing out the attic. My wife's a school teacher and so this is her time to get stuff clean. And as I'm going through this and I'm going through the attic, you wouldn't, you know it, I pull out a book. I mean, there's this crate and it says old pictures and I start opening it up and I start seeing my kids when they're like two and three years old and five and six. And for a moment, I'm just sitting there transfixed like, oh, I remember that time. I remember that birthday. I don't remember the exact time it was, but I remember that time in their life. And I began to, to, to be taken back and I, I sat there for a moment and as I watched and looked at the pictures and looked at them over and over, and I, I said, oh, that was a good one. Let me look at the next one. <laughs> Y'all know what I had to do? I had to stop for a minute because I'd probably still be there till this morning just looking. But many of us, what we do, we measure time not simply by on a clock or a calendar, but by events that happen in our life. Matter of fact, in scripture, there's two main uh, words for time, especially in the Greek, and that is what we call chronos, which is the day-to-day, the 24-hour, the day of the week, the month, the year. And then there's kairos, which are events, moments that happen in our everyday, going about our life that show up and you go, mm. I remember that. It's kind of like most of us in here, <laughs> you know what year you were born in. You, you say, hey, yeah, I was born in this year. You know what day you were born. You may not know the exact time, but you measure that time as I was born on this day. I was born this year or that year. You measure your children. Hey, they were born on this day. You, you measure events in your life. Like when you got married, you keep up with that time. Um, what that looks like when your children were born. Many of us know the exact time the parents do, but the children don't. And it's amazing when we think about the whole concept of time and when we look at it, uh, I, I had some fun uh, researching and going over and doing this, but one thing I realized, the world spends a lot of time conceptualizing and writing about time. Here's some songs you may remember about time that were written in them, and I don't know, I was having fun because there was this guy named Jim Croce. Um, <laughs> that thought if he could just save time in a bottle, you know? <laughs> and I got to tell you, I got to laugh about that because um, uh, our, our, our minister of music, Mr. Sam, and my son, as we were going over Sunday last week on Wednesday, and we're going over and I was going over, hey, this is where I'm going and this is what I'm going to be doing. This is what I'm going to be talking about. I said, you know, like Jim Croce, time in a bottle. <laughs> they looked at me. <laughs> Who? <laughs> what? I said, you don't know time in a bottle? They said, never heard of it. Got no pair. I was like, if I could save time in a bottle, <laughs> the first thing that I'd like to do. Yeah. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hurt y'all like that. But anyhow, it's so funny. You know what I had to do? I stopped. I pulled out my smart device. I said, uh-uh, we ain't going any further in this meeting. No, anyhow. 
So anyhow, he thought, hey, there's others. Maybe some, maybe you've heard of this one, this lady named Whitney Houston. She just wanted her one moment. It, you know, just had to have that one moment. There's other sticks. One of my, my, my bands growing up, they had too much time on their hands and it showed. Um, uh, Cindy Lauper, she just wanted to do time and a time. Actually, that was one of these prophetic songs that she didn't even realize she was wrong because the words of that one, it was so funny when you, when you look at it. If you fall, um, uh, it goes on to say, if you're lost, you can look and you will find me time after time. I'm like, Jesus, is that you? He went on to say, and it says, if you, uh, if you fall, I will catch you. I'll be waiting time after time. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for waiting, because there's going to be a time we're going to do that. And then there's another one. Maybe you've heard of this one. I don't know. David Cook, who, um, you know, had the time of his life. <laughs> that was that. Uh, and there's a, a I'll, I'll stop. I, I just get, anyhow, the Rolling Stones, they said, um, time was, time is all my that's not the case anymore. So anyhow, <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> anyhow, it's funny because the world really we're fascinated with time. And, and I know this, it is God who created time for us. He created time, and I don't mean time for us to be with us. He created time. If you go to Genesis chapter 1, where you see in the very beginning where God created the heaven and earth, there was no time until the first day was born. And God created time for us so we could, in time, connect with him and choose to do so. And so it's amazing because everybody here, those watching online, we all get the same amount of time every day. We only get 24 hours, period. Nobody gets more or less than anybody else. It's really a matter of what we choose to do with it. I remember, um, I, I always think about um, the different effects of uh, this, that amount of time. So when you're a kid and it's summer, Watch out, we running and going. How many, how many, your only time I knew in the summer, the only time I knew was a street light. <laughs> That's the only time I knew because I had to be in the house when the street light went on. It was like, oh, uh oh, and you would hear it, you'd hear the buzz going. <laughs> You're like, run, I gotta get it, run, I gotta be in. That was the only timing I had. Like, okay, here's my time. That's my sign. Let me get inside. And so it's amazing when we think about measuring this. And, and you know, when we, so, so for a child waiting to go on vacation, man, time is forever. Like, is today, are we going today? No, that's next week. We just, is it today? No, that's next week. Is it, to, no, it's tomorrow. We'll go. They, they, it can't get here fast enough. The same's true. I, I remember years being a youth pastor for 26 years, and we go to these theme parks, and these, they'd want to get in these rides, and I'd say, "Hey, wait till till Sunday, because we'd go Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and the lines will be gone." And it never failed. They're going to go get in this line. It's going to be two hours. They're going to sit in line for a minute and a half, one and a half minutes at the max. Like. Boy, was that worth it for that amount of time spent? But for them it was because they were cutting up and doing all that stuff in line. But anyhow, so when we, when we think about this, thinking about everybody gets the same, there's another saying that goes with time. And that is time doesn't wait for anyone. 
It's just what it is. It just keeps on trick. It's like the tide. It just keeps on going over and over. It's up to us to choose what we do with the time that we have. And this morning, I want to flip over to the New Testament because when Paul was, I mean, when Solomon was writing about time, all he was doing was surveying and saying these events that take place, but that wasn't the eternal value that, that Paul gives us in Ephesians chapter five. If you got your Bibles, you can open them there. If not, they'll be placing those on the screen. In Ephesians chapter five, Paul is giving warning to just the, the, the frivolity of just living through life, just going day by day, taking it as it comes. Matter of fact, there is a terminology for what Solomon was right back there, and it was called fatality, that there was a, no matter what's going to, what will be, will be. I don't have any say so in it. When it happens, well, that's what meant to be. And that's not the case. We do have, we do have the ability to affect things around us. Matter of fact, that's what Paul picks up in Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 15. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery or leads to debauchery, which is just loose, lavish living. Like, I'm going to do whatever feels good. That's what I'm going to do. He says, but instead, be filled with the Spirit. And when I think about this, what Paul was saying, he's saying, be very intentional about how you spend your time. Don't just float through life. Now, let, now, now hear me in this. Because I'm about as free spirit as you can get. You can ask anybody who's been around me any length of time. But there are things I take very seriously. And there are things that we need to do, and I believe all of us can do, that will help us make better use of our time. That will in, in tune and in turn affect eternity, not just for us, but for those around us. And so when Paul says this, he understands just like today there are people that just don't get it. There are people that are so locked up in their own life and in their own world that there's no thought or mention of Jesus. There's no understanding of they've been redeemed, they've been bought, that Jesus has paid for all their sins. They're still living in them and they're still acting in them and doing it very forcefully and doing a thing. And so I believe for us as believers, if we're not careful, this is what happens. We begin to look at the horizon of mankind and we look at the landscape and instead of seeing us as the answer, all we're good at doing is pointing out the problems. And we look at everybody and everything, and, oh, they're, they're, oh, that's terrible, yeah, they're terrible. And if we're not careful, we, we sit back and we become the judge of everything and everyone around us. Instead of redeeming the time and realize that first of all, God wants to get to me, so then he can use me to get to somebody else. He's going to do that. And that's what he continually does. And as we look at this, I just got four quick things. And I'm going to go through them pretty quick here because I want y'all to, 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 to go celebrate this day. And, and this is how we prioritize, prioritize our time. Now, I just want to say to you, by God's grace, I whittled this way down. <laughs> because 
just because there's about a million of them I could come up with. I was sitting out, yeah, that's good. Oh, no, man. And I had to go, no, let me go back through this. Number one, bar none, the number one thing that we can do as believers is spend time with God. Spend time with God. And I know when I say that, that's, that's a big concept. Okay, Mark, how do I spend time with God? Well, believe it or not, you're doing it right now. This is one of the ways you do it, to come together as a body. You're spending time together. You're, we're studying the word together. In just a moment, you're going to share some bold peanuts together. And you might share a snow cone together. You might go share a meal together. Spending time together. Is, is a way that we spend time with God. This is a very powerful way. And by the way, those of you watching online, it ain't the same there. It's close, but it ain't the same. We, we can do better when we're together. And so when we think about spending time with God, here, here's what's amazing, is that God is desiring to spend time with us. And I know some of us, I know when early on in my you know, when I gave my life to Christ, I came out of the world and all kind of stuff. And spending time with God was so foreign to me. Like, what do you want me to do? I knew, I knew how to pray. I was raised Catholic. I could pray the rosary. I could say the Our Father. I could say some, I, I knew some prayers, but it wasn't, I was just throwing something that way. <laughs> and I was just shooting it up there like, okay. I never thought, hey, there's something coming back. Like, oh, oh you, want, you, you want me to do something? <laughs> oh, you want me to listen? And so if I could challenge us this morning, one of the ways we can spend time with God is just setting our mind on what he wants. Matter of fact, Colossians chapter three, verses one and two, this is what Paul says. He says it this way. Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts, okay, your heart, your passion, the core of who you are, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then it goes on to say, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now, how many of you know that's a tough thing to do? Because we have so many things at our disposal, at our fingertips. But just because it's available to us doesn't mean we need to engage in it. And I'll just say that if I could challenge you, if there's one thing that's made a difference in my life more than anything else, more than anything else, is taking this Bible every day, every day, and taking a few moments, not just to check a brownie point, not to, I know I've got a Bible app and, and it tells me every day, hey, here's another day, hey, here's another day, hey, you got it again. It's like, here's my gold star, got it. <laughs> no, it's not that, it's a matter of how much am I allowing it to read me? And I would challenge you as your pastor, I would challenge you, I'd rather you read less and receive more and understand more than reading a bunch. And God is the same way. If you'll begin to take and search out and when you're reading, you can do topical study, you can do systematic study. Either way, just taking the word and getting alone where nobody distracts you, like this thing here, I'll use it some, a lot of times I use my phone because I love the Bible app because I do got a lot of notes and stuff. But there are times where I have to because people found out I get up early and they'll want to text and say, hey, pray for me. I'm like, nope, sorry, I'm having this time. That it, it's unadult, nobody gets that time. And I'm telling you, if, if you start developing that, what you're gonna find is God will begin to speak in the secret place 
in such a way you'll hear things that you never can with just a group. Like I love this when we're talking and we're sharing together, but there's things that God has specifically for you that he wants to share with you and it's only done in the secret place. You know, I, I, I love, I like to put it this way, is you take this and you go, you go on a God exploration. Like I know we got some explorers in here and we just saw what happened with the oceanic, the, 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 the gate and all that. As tragic as it was, the one thing I thought about these men is, and the women that have been, have participated, they were just wanting to go out there. I just want to see, I want to experience something I've never experienced before. They wanted to see something and I'm not saying it's right and I'm not saying it's wrong. That's not for me to judge. But what I am saying to you is, that desire to explore, that desire to experience, that desire to experience, God wants you to experience him in a powerful way. And it's many times it's done in secret. Like I love these settings, but y'all, I love it when it's like nobody, it's early in the morning. Nobody needs me. I don't have any agenda whatsoever. It's like, God, it's, you're it. Take that. You can put some worship on. It's just a matter of re reconditioning our hearts. It's reshaping it. You're resetting it every day to say, I'm here on a mission. I'm here on a mission. I'm not here just for me. I'm here for me, but I'm here for those. Matter of fact, our relationship with God really requires consistency. And it's not just about instant fulfillment. And so I encourage you to do that. Number two, so first thing is spending time with God. Number two is let your yes, we got to let our yes be yes. Anybody in here besides me that get a lot of requests to help and to do stuff? And hey, can you, I've got now six grandkids, three from each child. <laughs> hey, can you watch them for the, hey, can you get the, not only other things, which those are joys to do and other requests to help out and to be a part of thing. But Jesus made it clear that when, when we spend time with him, we do get assignments. We do understand that we've got to let yes be yes. Do, do fewer things better than doing more things and, and not doing them as well. Matter of fact, Matthew 5, 36 and 37 says it this way. Jesus is talking. He's at the Sermon on the Mount. It's his first message he preached to the multitude after he started with Beatitudes, talking about how blessed they would be. He goes down and says, and do not swear by your head for you cannot make even one hair white or black. And what he's saying is like, I promise I'll do this. And he's saying, make an oath and, and you make these great lavish promises. And this is what he said, instead of doing all that, all you need is to simply say yes or no. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. What? So this is where we, and I'm, y'all, I'm preaching this message to me this morning. So I've already received it and have worked it through and molded over in my life and am still working on notes of, hey, I got to get this better. But it is a thing where if we recognize that sometimes we get overcommitted and we get burned out and we get stressed and it's mainly because we don't want to look bad to somebody else. We're so worried about what other people think that we become so engrafted and ingrained in that that we'll sacrifice our own self to the point of exhaustion just so they'll think well of us instead of saying, Jesus, what do you say? 
Lord, what is it that you called me to do? How can I do and be better at that, at, at this thing of letting my yes be yes? Because let's be honest, we've learned this from an early age. So when, when your children are small, um, parents, you know this, maybe you don't. They know which one of you is the weakest. <laughs> Who do I have the best chance of getting a yes from? <laughs> That's the one you always go to first. <laughs> you never go to the no one first because you know it's going to be no. You're like, uh, and then when they get the no, they'll go, so me and my wife, when my children were younger, we already had this system. We were way ahead of them. We already thought, because when they would say, hey, can I go? I said, what'd your, what'd your mama say? She said, no, but let me tell you, <laughs> thinking I was going to be the weaker one. Mm-mm, sorry. And so this is one that is really important. We were trained early, like there's a chance I can get, make this happen. So let your yes be yes. Number one, spend time with God. Let your yes be yes. Number three, that was number two. Number three is we got to silence the noise of distraction. Whew. There is so much. You know what's happened? These little devices here have stolen so much of our time. Anybody here put the screen time on your phone? Or do you turn it off because you don't want to see it? (laughs) Do you know there is a counter that will, it, it'll count how many hours you spend looking at this thing. I dare you. <laughs> I dare you to turn it on, keep it on. Because what happens is if you're not careful, we spend all of our time in this little square and then it opens up to out here and all this noise that's right here affects the way I look out here. And we've got to be careful because how many news junkies do we have in here? Like you, like you I'm a news junkie. I'm not going to lie. I, I like to read and it, they can pull me off. I can, I can pull stuff up. Ooh, 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 let me read that. Ooh, ooh. I have to make myself say, I'm not, I don't, what do I, I don't care about what? <laughs> there are so many things that want to, that I'm curious and we've got to be careful because they're sent just simply to steal our attention. And if we're not careful, we've got to ask ourselves. And I'm not talking about noise simply from hearing aspect. I'm talking about eye noise as well that simply pulls us in and it draws us in and it'll take us for a long time and keep us there. Why do you think Netflix just had to cancel letting other people use your subscription? They had to stop it because so many people were like, oh, wow, we get this and we get to keep watching this and they'll binge on it. It's a thing that we've got to look at and realize that even the world understands that. Matter of fact, Luke chapter 10, uh, we're going to look there very briefly. There's two sisters that are battling this. They're, They're named Mary and Martha and these sisters, Jesus shows up at their house and, uh, and it's funny because when he shows up there, um, you can throw that up there. Beginning in verse um, 38, it says, and Jesus and the disciples, here they are, Jesus and the disciples, they showed up and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain uh, village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet. How beautiful, she's sitting here. Get this picture. Martha says, yeah, y'all come on in. Mary's sitting down right there. And then all of a sudden it gets a little bit crazy from there because Martha's listening, I mean, Mary's listening, but then she goes on in verse 39. And that's where listening to what, the, what he taught, 
But Martha was distracted by the big dinner. Like she needed to prepare this meal. She wanted to get everything just right. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a time and a season for that. She's trying to prepare everything for Jesus. And Jesus is already in the house. And he's actually trying to share something with her. A meal that was much more nourishing than just the physical one she was trying to prepare. He was trying to prepare the spiritual meal and helping her to understand. But when they got going, instead she came to Jesus and said, Lord, do something about her. <laughs> Don't you see what's going on here? Does it seem right? Does it seem unfair that she's doing this? And he lit, she's trying to get Jesus on her side to get, wrong, get mad at her. They're supposed to be doing something. There's, she's supposed to think, like Martha's trying to get Mary to do what she, want, what she thinks she should do. And what does Jesus say to her? Well, she just sits here and Jesus responds in such a powerful way. It says, uh, while I do all the work, and it says, tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha. Okay, I, I want y'all to catch this. He didn't scold her. He, did, he said, my dear Martha. <laughs> hey, hey, Martha. You're worried and you're troubled about many things. You're distracted about so many things. And all these details, and there's only one thing worth being concerned. And what is that he says right here? He says, this is the one thing you need to be concerned about is what? You need to be concerned about Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken from her. It, she, he discovered that, that, that being at Jesus' feet at that moment was the most important thing. It goes back to number one, spending time listening, spending time receiving, and silence this noise that, that distracts us so many times. There's a great book that Charles Hummer wrote uh, back in the 1960s. It's called The Tyranny of the Urgent. I encourage you to look at it because it deals with important versus urgent. And many things we think are urgent um, are really not the important thing. And so this morning, I encourage you, that, that's a, that would be a great one to look at. Um, going to number four real quick, here's our fourth one, and I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land on this one because it's a powerful one. That is restoring our rest. So, so when we look at spending time with God, when we look at letting our yes be yes and being firm in that, um, when, we, when, we take, when we take to heart that this noise that keeps pulling me away, all this time I'm spending on things that really don't matter that much in the scheme of eternity, I realize that the one thing I need more than anything is rest for our soul. And rest is not sleep. Some of y'all are like, okay, I just need some more sleep. Let's be honest to young moms like Taylor and Darby, like I just, I just need to get a nap. A nap is, is a good thing for the small one. Rest has a lot more to do with turning to a place of Jesus. We work to a place of, uh, from a place of rest, not to a place of rest. Matter of fact, Mark 2, 27 says this. Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. In other words, God, when he worked six and rested the seventh, 
it wasn't because he was tired. It wasn't like one of the songs back in the day said, everybody's working for the weekend. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> no. That's what the world says. They're working. They work so they can go party. <laughs> They're like, I'm, I'm working towards that. Jesus said, we rest so we can go work. And it's not simply resting from our labor. It's resting from those things that labor so much on us, our thought life. Like every one of us have to-do lists that just sit in our brain. Like right now, if you were to sit down and start writing, we'd be a lot, we'd be late getting out of here because you'd keep on going, oh yeah, and I need to get that, and I need to get that, and I need to get, and this one needs that, and this, especially with moms, moms are, they're great list people. Like, hey, I brought, this morning, I just thought I'd show y'all, I had, where'd I do it? I had my list, I brought it with me this morning, oh, and I think that I already, that's my misplacement up here. Anyhow, I brought my list with me. <laughs> Just to show y'all, I got one. <laughs> and y'all too late. Y'all don't get to see it. Sorry. Um, where'd I put? Oh, here it is. <laughs> Hold it. It doesn't stop there. <laughs> it goes into that. Anyhow, we, we're great list people. But there's sometimes you got to take a break from your list. And you got to stop. And you got to say, no. My soul, your soul, needs a moment of time out where you say, God, a genuine rest. When's the last time you felt rested? Not, not rested in the sense that, hey, I've got energy now, but rested where you felt empowered to take on the next task. Many of us go, we take step, 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 step. And when you look back at the day, how many have ever worked through a day and you got back and say, I know I was busy and I was doing so much, but what did I actually accomplish? And many times it's because we're working to rest instead of from rest. And when we rest in the Lord, taking that day, taking a time where we just say, God, I'm not in a hurry. There's, I know there are things that need to be done. I'm not negating that, but Lord, you're most important. And my health right now is most important. I'll rest. I'm going to ask Sam to come up at this time. The reason I, I ask us these four th simple things when we look at it, when we really look at spending time and taking time out of our day every day, and I, that for, for some of you, it might be a few times during the day. It would be powerful if you took just a moment and said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that time. I'm going to make time whether I feel like it or not, whether my emotions say it. When I, when I allow myself to say no to things and I say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I just don't have that ability. I don't have that to be able to do. When we begin to take our devices and we say, hey, like email, oh, goodness. <laughs> Whew, do you know you can, you can schedule when you look at email? You can do the same thing with text messages. See, the things that this, this thing does, it gives people instant access to you. But you don't have to give instant access. You can take moments. I'm not saying ignore people, but if you're busy and you've got something, you take moments to say, I'll get to that when I can. I'm not gonna be pressured in order that I've gotta make something happen. That's where rest, when we look at the Lord's rest, it's a peaceful rest. It's a restful for your mind.
It's a restful for the soul. It gets deep down in you and it's one where you go, wow, it's not just me getting some sleep, it's me getting to take a moment and connect back with the Lord. If you'd bow your heads with me for just one moment, the reason I want you to do that is I want you to take a moment and rest. <laughs> I know we've gone, it's five, it's five minutes after 12, but that means nothing right now because the number one thing I want you to take a moment to do is think about, is there any distractions? Is there anything that's pulling you away in your everyday life that is causing undue stress? I know in this room right now, there are people that are battling illnesses. I know there are people right now that are battling relationship issues. There are people right now that are battling very real anxiety, depressive episodes. There are people right now in this room that are battling just being tired and getting some rest, getting just actually get sleep. There are people that are battling financial worries and woes. Like, am I gonna have enough to make... Ren, am I going to have enough to keep my lights turned on? There are people battling different things. But this morning, I want us to be reminded of what Jesus told Martha. This one thing is important, and it's not going to be taken from her. Have you been locked into Martha? And thought of, and, and forgot about lazy Mary, that old lazy girl. She's just sitting there, Jesus' feet. Wasn't that she wasn't willing to work. It wasn't that she wasn't willing to do. It was rather she said, I'm just going to choose that which is most important right now. To take a moment and rest in the Lord. I believe with all my heart that God wants to point out some things so that when you leave here, you have action steps. And you can say, I need, to, I need to take some steps. I need to take a moment. I need to allow the Lord to speak. I need, to allow, I need the Lord to, to give me the yes and the no and not worry so much what somebody's gonna think about me. I need to, to be able to, to kind of silence some of the distractions and restore this thing of rest. How is your soul this morning? What shape is it in? Because the Lord's here to restore. He's here to renew. He's here to refresh. I know it's my desire, but it's even the Lord's desire, more importantly, that when you leave here, that there is a, a refreshing, there's a newness, there's a, a strength that happens on the inside that gives us the power to go another step, to go another day, to go another moment with him so that we can be used effectively by him to win other people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You may, in here, you may be in here, you may have never connected with the Lord. Maybe you just say, Mark, I don't even know Jesus. I don't know who he is. Maybe you're watching online, but I wanna know him. I want to have this intimate relationship you talk about. I want to, to hear when he speaks and I want to know very clearly when he says, when he talks. I'd love to pray with you. If that's you, you can just lift up your hand. I'll pray and we're, we're not going to ask anybody to come forward. That's personal between you and Jesus. Yep, anybody else? Yep, thank you, Lord. 
That's between you and the Lord. This is this drawing, this wooing. He's already, we read where Solomon, he said he put eternity in our hearts. We know it's there. So Lord, thank you right now. Well, y'all, if you would, everybody pray this with me. Jesus, I recognize that, Lord, I've messed up and made mistakes. But Jesus, you came because of those mistakes. You who knew no sin became sin so that I, in turn, could become the righteousness of God in you. Jesus, I surrender my heart. I surrender my mind. I surrender my life to you. Take it and use it as you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And for the rest of us this morning, we'll be available for prayer here. I know we're fixing to celebrate. We're coming into time of celebration as America. It's going to be great. I encourage you to use wisdom. If you're out off 82, please don't shoot them off till midnight. <laughs> don't go too late. Um, that's personal. <laughs> but I want to challenge us to, in all of our excitement, exuberant, remember it's God that formed this nation. It's God who empowered us. It's God that continually empowers us. And we want to stay connected to him. Amen. If you would stand up with me at this time, I want to bless you. I do want to remind you too, there are people, um, they got the, they'll give you a cup. For those that like boiled peanuts, you don't have to take them, you can. Um, uh, I purpose, let me tell y'all too, I purposefully didn't put a lot of salt. I, I, I cooked a bunch of them yesterday, a bushel of them, somebody else did. I purposefully didn't put a bunch of salt for people, their thing. For those of you who like salt, the thing people don't know about boiled peanut, you can take them home, you can heat them back up, and you can put some of the hottest cayenne pepper you want in there, and you can let them boil. And guess what? You can have hot peanuts. However you, you can do the Parmesan butter ones that, like if you take the garlic butter and put some Parmesan, ooh, good stuff. You take with them and use them how you want to. And then there's a snow cone thing over there. I've asked him to be here. Those that want to, I do ask you to let the kids go first. So <laughs> I know we're all children at heart, <laughs> but we want to let them do that. And so, and there again, we'll be here to pray with anybody that's got, this is whole thing of renewing our time and renewing how God loves to do that, where you leave out and you go, man, I'm, I'm more energized to do more for the Lord and, and to receive more from him. So if you open your hands and receive from your heavenly father this morning. Father God, you're the one who created the universe and you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people that your name might be placed on them and you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to every one of you in this room and those of you watching online, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord causes face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace, his power, his provision, and his protection in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Go live your best day today. This is the day you got. Go make a great one out of it. Amen.